Welcome to the Backyard Teacher Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne, and I'm here to share early childhood activities, information and advice with educators who want the best for the kids in their care. Thanks so much for being here. Now let's get started. Today we're talking about teaching kids skills using a bugs theme in pre-K and kindergarten. Now each month I plan a theme for preschool and kindergarten that targets a specific area of child development. Last month was mostly about social development using a Valentine's theme as the vehicle. This time I've done a bugs theme for pre-K and kindergarten. Ew, right? Bugs are gross. No way. Bugs are the perfect theme for preschoolers and kindergarten kids to learn some pretty complex things. Why? Well, for starters, kids love them. Their curiosity and innate desire for learning are boosted when they're excited about something. Teaching other skills through a bugs theme also gives you a hidden advantage. In early childhood settings, whether that's in an early childhood centre, in home daycare or a kindergarten classroom, we're just trying to expose kids to the basics. It's not necessarily about hard academics, but more gentle absorption. To that end, we always use things that interest and excite them, then we sneak skills in with the fun stuff. Kind of like I used to sneak veggies into my kids' dinner without them realising. This month's unit is mostly numeracy-based. Now, I'm primarily a literacy gal, so of course there's some literacy in there, but there's a time for everything, and bugs just cry out to be used for numeracy concepts like counting and sorting. So this unit is all about hiding the veggies. The maths concepts hidden in this unit are learning to recognise some numerals, building one-to-one correspondence, which is when you match one object to one count or spoken numeral, early counting, Uh, because some of our little people can already count, using concrete materials to represent number, matching object attributes, for example, find all the blue buttons or stack the big blocks, matching things that are exactly the same, shapes with their silhouettes or not quite identical things, what a 10 frame is, and the beginnings of subitizing. Again, that's just for exposure, but it helps for kids to see it in action early. Building solid early numeracy skills is really important to later skill development. We don't need to push them hard in early childhood though. Exposure is the name of the game. The more kids see and hear and have language experiences with counting and number, the more chance they have to build schema around them. So when the time comes to really work on them, they'll have a bit of a head start. As I mentioned last month, the theme is just the vehicle. The bugs are just how we get the fun stuff happening. Now, there's no hard and fast rules about when a child has to be able to count in an early childhood context, but like literacy, the more positive early exposure a child has prior to starting school, the easier it will be for them when it does matter. Now, you'll notice I say positive experience. Pressure or over-the-top expectations on a child to learn something are never helpful. Exposure to numeracy concepts can be as simple as an educator counting out loud while they stack blocks with kids, or singing number songs, or working out how many cups they need for everyone to have a drink. It means talking about number in everyday situations, naturally and informally, and using the language of number when an appropriate situation arises. Think alouds are great for this. A think aloud means you're explicitly voicing the mental process you are using yourself. For example, I might be trying to work out how many chairs we need for lunch. So I'll say out loud, I need to know how many kids we have here today, so I'd better count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight kids here, so I'll need eight chairs. 
Hmm. There's four spaces at this table, so I'll put four chairs here. One, two, three, four. Then I'll need another four at the next table. One, two, three, four. And that's eight. We have enough chairs. Now that whole process usually goes on in our heads and much faster than it takes to say it out loud. But it shows kids how we're thinking, what processes they can follow in their own minds. If they can see how adults process these things, they can start to learn how to problem solve for themselves. Another example, I wonder how many blocks we can stack up before they fall over. Let's see, one, two, and skip a few. Oh look, we made it to six before they tipped over. This explicit discussion is how kids learn one-to-one correspondence with lots of supported experiences. Think alouds are easy to do and they fit naturally into so many play experiences and it really helps kids to see the thought processes behind our actions. We can use think alouds anytime we want to model any kind of problem solving strategy for kids, not just for numeracy. Think of it as narrating your inner thoughts, your self-talk while you do your own problem solving. I use think alouds all the time when I'm reading with kids and you probably do it too without realising. Anytime you say things like, I wonder what's going to happen next or what do you think this character is feeling right now? You're using a think aloud. Now kids of this age are still very concrete. They can't yet think in abstract terms so we need to give them lots of experience with materials such as counters and other objects they can physically manipulate or move their body with. These provide a framework for kids to build their learning around. For example, I work with a little one who walks up and down stairs and he talks to himself while he does it. He has an accompanying verbal utterance that sounds like counting. Uh, It's very common for kids to do this and it's the beginning of a mental process that leads to -to one-to-one correspondence. He likes particularly to count the steps up to the nappy change bench. So each step he takes up, he says, ah, And he shows that that's what he thinks we do. When we climb the stairs, we count them. Obviously, his parents have worked with him. They've gone upstairs, they've counted them, something like that, because he's building that schema around climbing stairs. Now, we want to help kids build schemas for counting, so we count. At first, we count to them and model. Then later, we count with them as they're starting to learn. And then once they've learned to do it themselves, we support them at the level they need and we get them ready to take the next step. Now the word schema refers to the mental process we go through to structure our experiences of the world. As a child, we see a dog. We're told that it's a dog. So until we learn otherwise, we might think that all four-legged hairy things are dogs. Then we see a cat. Now we might say, dog, but someone will correct us. We then reshape our dog schema to include cats and we create a cat schema to structure this new learning. The more a child experiences the world, the more refined their schemas will be and the more background knowledge they have to shape their learning. Now, that's a really good thing. We want our kids to have many, many rich and meaningful learning experiences. Kids need lots of chances to play with objects of varying attributes like colour, shape and size. Now, that's where matching and sorting can come in. That can be as simple as getting them to pick up all the red blocks first when you're packing away. Or you can use an activity like some of the ones in my store where they're specifically designed for kids to sort objects according to their colour. And sorting by attribute helps kids develop schemas around numeracy. Kids need to try and fit things into containers to learn what fits and what doesn't. You can't do that without concrete materials. And this enclosure schema leads to being able to use 10 frames and groupings of numbers 
10 frames are great for building basic number sense. Using a 10 frame helps kids to see numbers represented. And while it's more abstract than using concrete materials, it's a more logical representation of a count than a numeral. When kids see a numeral, it doesn't mean anything to them until they can learn that that number represents a number of objects. 10 frame comes in between the actual concrete objects and the abstract numeral. I have a color by number activity in my store that introduces 10 frames as a key for coloring. It's a great way to introduce them without any pressure. It just exposes them and that's the name of the game. And that's how we learn when we're elbows deep in it. And when it comes to maths, repetition is king. It's really not a one and done deal. Maths can be tough. Some of us need lots of repetitions for numeracy concepts to sink in. Yep, that's me right there with my hand up and a confused look on my face. But what about the bugs? You may notice I've hardly mentioned bugs. The theme for this month's unit is bugs, but that's not what it's really about. It's about developing numeracy concepts and building schemas. But the kids don't know that. They just know that they like bugs. See, it's all about hiding the veggies. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Backyard Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to leave a quick review. That tells the powers that be that my podcast is worth listening to so they'll put it in front of more educators. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Then pop over to the Backyard Teacher blog for more ideas, tips and freebies to help you be the best educator you can be. Have a good one.